This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast, I want to keep it on this positive uh, theme that we have started. We keep it strictly positive vibes this Friday here. You know, and uh, we tend to get, you know, we live in our own echo chamber here in South Africa, you know, we start to believe um, everything that we put out about this country or that we say about this country, both positive and negative. And uh, unfortunately, we are in a bit of a negative cycle right now in terms of our outlook for our country. But uh, fortunately, that is not necessary. Our perception may not be real. And sometimes it takes an outsider to give you a little bit of perspective, you know, to say that Africa... There are opportunities here, and the, the continent has much going for it. Africa will have a central place in the way in which the history books feature it, uh, depending on how current and future leadership uh, choose to tackle some of the lingering issues which may seem to the continent, uh, which may seem unique to the continent, but actually exist in fragments in other parts of the world. Uh, by the end of the 21st century, South Africa and Africa expected to be the center of the world economy. This, of course, is a view expressed by my next guest, Professor David Bach, who is a professor of strategy and political economy. He's been part of a delegation from IMD Business School in Switzerland that have been visiting South Africa. He joins me on the line. Uh, professor Bach, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, CT, for having me. Tell us a little bit about your excursion out here, what you've been doing while, while you are out here and what was the purpose of your visit? Yeah, the purpose of the visit is to connect with alumni. We have uh, several hundred alumni in uh, in Southern Africa, uh, across Southern Africa, and we've been able to meet many of them at an event that we had uh, two days ago, a business forum, to meet with clients, uh, uh, South Africa-based multinationals that we work with, and uh, to uh, to get a sense of some of the economic and political realities. Mm. So let's uh, talk about uh, those realities as we perceive them as South Africa. As I said, you know, we particularly from a South African point of view are at a point where I don't know whether I would say, I mean, we we come from the, we are very much now past the post-1994 honeymoon. The, the Mandela Madiba magic seemingly is fading rapidly, that we may perhaps miss some of the opportunities that present themselves, um, you know, as a country and as a continent. But, I mean, that's not to say that some of what we see before our very eyes, um, you know, is an illusion. No, I think I, I completely get it. I mean, this load shedding is, is, is draining, it's terrible for business. There's obviously concerns about crime, um, the infrastructure uh, is, uh, is struggling in, in a number of areas. Um, and I've certainly heard from many of our alums, you know, business leaders of medium-sized businesses and large businesses, how dire it feels. And, and, and I get it, and, and I'm not second-guessing uh, that. But I think if you have the benefit of visiting from the outside, as you say, and if you mm. zoom out and you look at the big picture, you just see the enormous potential that remains. And... Um, if Africa, uh, in particular South Africa, if, if its leaders in the private and the public sector can get a few things right, uh, I think that promise is still very much there that you described um, mm. back in the 90s. Mm. 
And what is key to getting things right, uh, in your view? I mean, are we at completely um, at the mercy of our political leadership? Or, I mean, you speak of a leadership even in social and private um, uh, uh, sector. What is the kind of leadership that we, 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 we require in order to be able to um, overcome what we tend to think are insurmountable challenges? Well, so first, maybe let me start with the fundamentals. I mean, mm. Africa has the youngest population on the planet. Uh, by the middle of the century, one of three uh, working age people in the world is going to be African. Africa is going to have a larger workforce than Asia and is really going to power the global economy. It now has the largest free trade area in the world, at mm. least by number of countries. It has you know, mineral reserves. Uh, and of course, it has incredible diversity and creativity. So those are all the big things that Africa has going for it. And then you already have, despite the circumstances, incredibly successful multinationals that are innovative in tech, uh, in fintech, uh, in uh, consumer goods, in, in new kinds of services. So, you know, a lot of that is happening despite the government, as you say. Mm. Uh, you know, clearly uh, you want some more support, but uh, you want you know, bad policies to stop. You know, you want the infrastructure challenges to get resolved. You want better uh, governance. You want greater investment still. Uh, in education. Um, but I say again, despite the fact that policy has been anything but helpful, mm. uh, many businesses are doing remarkably well because leaders are stepping up mm. and they're recognizing that they can't rely on the government and they have to provide education and infrastructure and human capital formation and work across borders. And, you know, it's, it's been inspiring to speak to them and listen to them. That work across borders, I just tend to think that perhaps it's not uh, at the level that it should be. I don't know what your experience uh, was and what you found in your interaction with business here. To say this free market that you speak of, are potentially the, one of the largest in the world, um, what uh, Africans are doing, African business, African governments are doing to fully exploit that. I wonder what your biggest uh, takeouts were from your interactions. Yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of it, I think, is, is expanding uh, beyond South Africa, operating elsewhere in Sub-Saharan Africa, um, you know, taking the lessons learned here. I mean, again, despite many of the challenges, this is still, uh, you know, the most uh, advanced economy uh, on the continent mm. and uh, some of the most advanced business practices. And so, um, you know, they're taking that to other parts of, uh, of Africa, you know, connecting folks, banking them. Uh, providing services and, you know, recognition by, you know, governments elsewhere on the continent that businesses, particularly South African businesses, have an important contribution to make to uh, improve economic and social conditions in those countries. What about the role of geopolitics? You know, that sometimes, you know, we, we get this, you get a sense recently, particularly with all that's been happening. Um, I mean, in, in terms of if you look at the conflict in Russia and Ukraine, that we have a bipolar world and that uh, we need to somehow choose who we are going to align ourselves with. Are we going to align ourselves with the Chinese, uh, you know, or are we going to continue to, you know, keep close ties with, uh, you know, um, the West, the America and the West. I mean, how big are those considerations in the greater scheme of things? I think they're very important. And I think if done well, and this is another important area for leadership, both in the public and private sector, you know, I think South Africa and the continent more generally can actually take advantage of some of those tensions. You're absolutely right. Relations between the U.S. and China have worsened considerably. And we're seeing 
two camps forming with, you know, Russia now clearly, uh, you know, at the mercy to some extent of, of, of China, very much dependent on it economically, also in terms of political support. Uh, and the U.S. having pretty effectively reconstituted the Western alliance in, in Western Europe, but also strengthening relations with Australia, Japan, the Philippines, South Korea, a number of other countries. But then there is a group of countries that uh, recognizes that they have very strong economic relations with both mm. sides um, mm. and uh, that they can pursue their national interests. I think India is clearly seen as leading that camp. Uh, you know, Brazil has been embracing that. And I think South Africa is, is the other one that comes to mind. And so, you know, that doesn't mean uh, that you can sort of gratuitously uh, play off two superpowers. Mm. Um, but it does mean that you can pursue national interests. You can clearly uh, work with both. Businesses can seek opportunities where they might present themselves. And I think the world has woken up. Certainly America in, in recent years has woken up to the fact that uh, it hasn't sufficiently invested in Africa. And I think there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, incentives uh, for uh, American businesses to forge closer links. Uh, and a lot of that is going to be in the form of collaboration with businesses on the continent. So I do mm -hmm. think um, as worrisome as the worsening geopolitical context is generally, mm. it does offer some opportunities for skilled leaders, both private and public on the continent. Opportunities is the word that you, you use. And, you know, that is a source of, of hope. But as the adage goes, you know, hope without a, without a plan is a bit of a dream. Are you getting... Um, the sense that uh, we are in, uh, you know, doing all the right things. Are we making the right noises as a country and as a continent to exploiting the great assets that you've spoken out? This uh, youngest population on the, on the planet and so on, uh, resources, uh, natural and human. Yeah, so, so you're absolutely right. You know, you know that's absolutely true. Um, you know, I think I've seen certainly, um, you know, I've heard of. Uh, examples of uh, business leaders stepping up, uh, you know, in their communities, uh, playing much more the role of sort of corporate diplomats, uh, you know, investments that are being made in mm. education. I've been really impressed by how seriously uh, leaders here uh, take the development of their talent. I mean, this is something, of course, that is dear to our heart uh, as educators. And, you know, a lot of Western businesses are concerned when they invest in talent you know, talent is just going to leave, whereas here is just a recognition that this is an engine of growth. So I'm not going as far as to say all of those issues. Oh, dear. David Bach, I'm going to have to leave it. Unfortunately, the line just breaking up on us. Fortunately, it was also at the tail end of our conversation. But I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. There you right. go. David Bach, uh, Professor of Strategy and Political Economy. He's with the IMD Business School uh, based in Switzerland. They've been visiting um, the country over the last week. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.